WNBC. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> WNBC. You know how it works. You know those references. Right. <laughs> As a radio man. <laughs> Got to throw a little tribute to Howard in there. What's going on, fellas? What is up, dude? Mr. John Adler. Man, thank you for letting me do this and uh, discuss a movie that I probably for the two dozenth time watched at around 11 p.m. earlier this week when I couldn't sleep. It's a good middle of the night movie. Get Card is a wonderful, wonderful middle of the night movie uh, (laughs) because revenge never sleeps. Yes. (laughs) This is John Adler, by the way, radio man. What do you call yourself? Disc FM. jockey? I don't FM. know. It's always weird. People, when people say disc jockey, that sounds like an old timey term. But when they say personality, that sounds even worse. That's <laughs> arrogant. Yeah. I just show up. It's, it's you know, the high fidelity thing. I just kept on showing up every day. And that was well, it. You're definitely good at what you do. And you're, to me, a Milwaukee mainstay. I've only been living here since I, Chris. I followed him out here in like what 2001 or some shit yeah 2000 or something like that and then i left for a few years and came back or whatever but i don't know how long you've been here doing it I, i've been here since 06 i started the show with pram yeah um, before that i was in madison for 10 years and like that's a nice it's a nice development if you're if you're wisconsinite going from milwaukee to madison or madison to milwaukee is always kind of a nice thing because there's always something you'll miss about both but you can always go back because it's only an interstate away. Right. It's not that far. Yeah. So now I guess I've been here 15, 16 years. I've been here on the, on the air 15 years now, which Crazy. I, I think I'm in the longest running single person commercial radio morning show host in this city. Everybody else has, still has teams, which is amazing to me because that costs money. <laughs> All right. They, they realize they yeah, don't have come to cheap. a lot. Hey, man, not everybody can just... Uh cover it themselves i guess some people need exactly. a crutch maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you need any whack pack give us a call <laughs> you need some deviant freaks who call in once in a while good to be so, back on it's good to be back in the studio too so which i've been doing it from home every time i've been talking to you guys um actually i think when i when i did the voiceover for your movie that was still in the studio i recorded that from yep, the studio yep. you guys just sent me the script and i'm like yeah i can do that right here like i was literally at the studio going I can do that in 45 seconds. I'm like, that's Dude. the whole trip. I'm like, I can record it right now. You crushed it. This is one- thanks again, oh. man. I, I mean, agree. one of my favorite things about it is that radio call, that scene, that tracking shot, and your voice just is perfect for it. Yeah, it adds legitimacy, you know, like if just, you know, some hack did it, it just you right. know, wouldn't be uh I did have believable. a cease and desist order against somebody in real life that like threatened to kill me several times. That's something I actually wanted to ask you about oh, if you shit. had any crazy jacks yeah. who called you and shit. But, uh, yeah, I had to go. We had Carter, to go. Let's hear about this. We had to go downtown and file a cease and desist for this woman that would like saying she knows where we live and she's going to just probably at first it was casually saying she was going to kill us. They're like, not kill us. Just this get is going to cramp? Yeah, yeah. And then it turned into a little little heavier duty things they're like yeah let's file wow. some paperwork and who did, she, uh, who did she have it out for more you or cramp yeah what was her beef it sounded like a collective thing it was definitely you know, something you said definitely, definitely problematic and then i've had it was weird the year like well yeah 2019 every day at like 8 30 some guy would call 
and not yell at me. And he wasn't, it was hard, it was hard to figure out at first. First, I thought I was just joking around. And he's like, you suck. Why do they still give you this show? And I go, that's a perfectly good question. And I'm like, you should do it. Why don't you do it? I go, send me in a tape and a little demo reel. And I thought he was like angling for a job. He just hated me. And he, but he he was so consistent at 830. So it was one of those things where if you wanted to take the call and get your sort of aggressions out on somebody, because you knew he was going to go at you first. It was just like the old, what's the old cartoon where, where the coyote and the chicken are like meeting on top of the hill by the tree. And it's just like, they punch in. And they're just like going at each other. And oh, yeah. punch out. I knew it's a phone. You cannot answer a phone and you're done. But this guy would just every day at the same time would tell you something. And then he would kind of say the same, like, it, it got boring because it was the same insults. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's repetitive. They weren't good and they weren't cutting. They weren't clever. So mm-hmm. I just stopped, you know, answering. And then, you know, I just kept on saying, I go, definitely stop by the station. I go, let's, let's hang out. And like, I don't think he can leave his house or basement or wherever he was shackled to. But um, it's one of those things that you hope that it's sort of of just like a clever back and forth. It just deteriorated quick. But yeah, you get you get people that threaten you a lot for for no good reason. I'm not shock jockey at all. In fact, I'm right. I'm the op. I didn't like and don't like. And and so like starting, I did radio, then I did TV and radio, then I went back to radio. I worked at Avid for six years. I trained people how to edit video. So I got out of radio. And most people just stay in radio. They'll just go city to city and hammer. And a lot of people had the, I want to be the next Howard Stern. I want to be the next man pal. And to me, that was so fucking depressing. Like, what a miserable thing. Like, you're, you only want to be as good as those guys. And you want to do what they do. You're like, there's yeah. so much more out there, which is part of the reason where like a lot of my interviews are with comedians because I find them the most interesting to talk to when they're not on. So they sure. don't feel like they have to exactly. be on. Just like, and it's not like deconstructing funny. I'm not like George Will is to baseball. And I'm certainly never going to try to do stand-up comedy because I respect it too much. Uh, but it, it, I think a lot of those guys like in the early 2000s that wanted to be Howard Stern failed so miserably because they're like, yeah, we're going to get strippers in and we're going <laughs> to like, oh, God, you're like, you don't hear the cliche, do you? You're like, you're going to live right. out a cliche. And then, so once in a while you bump into somebody, it's like, yeah, I used to do radio up in Green Bay. And you're like, Boy, this story is already fucking boring. Radio, regional radio war stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other, yeah. I mean, the other part is a lot of people, can, they're like radio people. Like, that's all they've done. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm not one of those. I'm just sort of like, I always dig entertainment. I've always dug pretty deep into movies and TV shows. And I like, I can't watch a show without, and I get, now we got, we have an eight year old son now who, when we watch cartoons, like I go, Oh, I go, yeah, I know that guy. He's a comedian. I talk to him. And then he'll, he'll be like, this would happen. Like when he was six, he goes, we're watching trolls. He goes, it's the British guy that does the talk show. Right. They go, yeah, that's James Corden. I go, that's pretty good, buddy. <laughs> Picking up on those yeah. voices. And I'm like, no, you're going to not be able to watch a normal movie or show like I do either. Mm. Like, you're never going to be able yeah. to do that. And the guys like like Ron Punches I talked to, and he was cool. I did an interview with him, and he did the voice from Trolls, a little, like, audio greeting for my son, which nice. was like, that's, it was, he was yeah. so great. So anytime he's on something, he's like, oh, that's Ron Punches. And I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, so that's Ron Funches seems I, like a cool ass dude in general. He, he's the best man. So it's like, 
and I guess like with like so with radio people, they always want to talk about how radio works, and I don't care how radio works. I like really want to talk about the people and interviewing people and who to talk to, and quite frankly, like the interesting ones instead of like you know. I want to meet Aaron Rodgers. They go, I want to talk to the third string quarterback for the Packers. Right. Because he probably has a lot cooler stories and will tell you every question you have versus an Aaron Rodgers. You probably have to pay to get on the air and go, well, I'm just going to kind of be clever about this and not answer the questions. That's not a good interview. That's not good entertainment. Yeah, I actually talked to you about that because I was thinking about reaching out to John Axford just because he's such a movie enthusiast and nerd, you know, um, former all-star closer of the Brewers for people who don't know. And you warned me off of uh, athletes or at least warned me to. He's good. He's because, Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I'm not just after athletes, but a select type of athlete, you know, like, obviously you don't want any duds on your show. Here's here's what I would go after that I still haven't yet. And he started out in single A for the Brewers. His name's Bubba Derby. Mm-hmm. One, I just love his name, Bubba Derby. He plays, he plays <laughs> triple A, the triple A pitcher for the National Sounds. And I don't know if he's cool or not, but I just liked his name and started following him on Twitter like five years ago. Bubba Trammell, Bubba. There's been a few baseball Bubbas. Yeah. Love him. So, I mean, like, if you pick out, and then the next part of this with social media, you can find out what they're interested in. Like, Axford, right. I mean, he puts money towards you know milwaukee film festival he has his own segment on that thing he called cramp and i while he was driving to the park one morning and we didn't think it was him and it was and then we gave us his number and he goes yeah you guys want to just talk about movies or something like that we can talk that was that was years ago yeah i gotta hit him up man yeah all those like some of those guys are just guys that you know are just a little off are great man. guys that have other interests outside of sports yeah. are great which is you know i don't the only group of people i really don't talk to is politicians even if they even if i think they would have a lot of commonality with me i just feel like what i don't know it's just too easy to turn people off and not interesting enough to me to talk to that group but like athletes are interesting like think about the downtime those guys have Right. How many movies would you fucking watch if you knew you had like a three-hour bus ride? You're just like, you know, I, I, I watched both Carlitos Way on the drive to, you know, right. Chicago. <laughs> Every once in a while, you get a Charles Barkley who truly does not give a fuck and will just say yes. whatever is on his mind. That's the kind of athlete I want to talk to. You that's know? Exactly. No, that's that's. So I like trying to like, and, and I don't know what it is, and it's Wisconsin in general, but there's an obsession with radio people to talk to like. 1990s Packers, no matter what, even though it's 2021, they're still like, Hey, you used to play for the Packers in 1996. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? You go, you might as well ask anyone what they think about that because they'll have the same informed opinion because a guy that played for the Packers 25 years ago, never met maybe Aaron Rodgers. You probably shouldn't have him on your show unless he's really entertaining. Mm Mm-hmm. I just think so it's it hilarious. Hard. Oh, sorry. I was going to say Aaron uh, Rodgers and Ryan Braun had that fucking restaurant together. That did not age well, huh? Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's weird how just, none of them have, right? I'm yeah. like, you think if you're an athlete, you just have like a hot dog stand. Don't go steakhouse because, again, it's like radio cliches. Don't go with the athlete's name filling with the steakhouse. Exactly. Like, That's the thing. Nothing. Don't brand it with your name and all that shit. Mm. Just put no. some money into it. You're a multimillionaire. Yeah. Just put some money into a classy joint. Let people find out yeah. it's your place. Right. Yeah. yeah. That you're associated, but not that it's like, like the direct branding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or use your much number. Classier. Yeah. yeah. 
If I was like number 70, I'd be like 78 ribs. There you go. And you're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. just like, don't overthink it. And Unless you're Gilbert Brown food. and you start a buffet, then you just run with that <laughs> shit. Chris, you probably don't know. That's like a 400 pound dude who played for the Packers back in the day. Um, well, I mean, we do the movie icebreaker thing. We've already broken the ice, but we are here to talk about Stephen K's 2000 masterpiece starring Sylvester Stallone, Get Carter. So, oh, you didn't want to talk about the original one? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> the original one. Shit. We watched the wrong movie again, Joe. We are nah. totally <laughs> fucking with you. Of course, it's the original. Yeah. Mike Hodges, no. Michael Caine. Come on, classic. Wait, let's, let's, I did watch let's, both. Let's briefly <laughs> talk about the, the, the 2000 one. We have yeah, to. I'm curious. The fact that it's so wrapped up in the dot-com world, they yeah. tried way too hard to go. Listen, uh-huh. dot-coms are sexy. It's young. It's hip. It's fast. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it aged so poorly. So we've like, been in those aged. meetings. It's like, awful. Trying to catch the current wave. And we were pitching yeah, a, just a few years later, it seems antiquated. Yeah, we went to somebody. Who was it? Vertigo. Somebody with a Warner Brothers deal. And we were pitching them a remake of Lady Hawk. You remember Lady Hawk? Because I'm yeah. like, Lady Hawk is not aged well. It had that anachronistic music yeah. in it and shit. But the story, the fundamental story of is these there. lovers who are cursed and one is a wolf by night and she's a bird by day or whatever. And they can only see each other for one pass, passing fleeting second as it's dusk or romantic yeah, fairy tales type hook ever. Yeah. And we're like, this generation <laughs> we doesn't know meeting. shit about it. So, yeah, we had a meeting. We went to that pitch was- it. I'd love to see that come back. The, so the one uh, a friend of mine from Madison came in the other weekend, and he and I have a running joke about the newest Get Carter, where Alan Cumming, who has the thickest accent in the world, yes. tried very hard to kick out what I guess was like a West Coast accent. And at one point, he's being threatened by Stallone. He's like, Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter. And he's, <laughs> he's trying to hit the R's so hard yeah. to prove that he's not <laughs> Scottish. Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter. So anytime when the Carter comes up, he will just rattle up. Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter. And it's it's like, like his name had to be fucking Carter, didn't it? Right. <laughs> but uh, there's more to the story Jay was telling because it actually has to do with like the execs trying to be current. So when we were pitching Lady Hawk, they were like, well, can we put it like in the future and make it sci-fi? And, you know, like. Like, what's the 15 minutes like this curse like how are you going to do that in sci-fi it just doesn't make sense you know like just just redo it with you know update it but you know it could be the same story without matthew broderick (laughs) (laughs) right were they pitching you you cast or 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 were you like did you have an idea no we kind of as soon as we Uh, said that we were like "Eh, it was just a general it was a general meet and greet and we just threw it out there because they actually had that that rights to it so yeah but uh, yeah, I'm just saying those kind of meetings are so pervasive in Hollywood. Yeah. Can we set it 15 minutes in the future? How do we? It's like, first off, why the fuck are you remaking Get Carter? Yeah. Honestly, I know. Re-release it in theaters. That's what I wish they would do is just yes. put marketing behind fucking dope classic movies that no one talks about anymore. Instead of remaking to remake it, I would love to see more remakes that follow the exact same script, same setting, everything, but just recast, reshoot it. You know, like Psycho did, but it wasn't like yeah. that. The great, Gus Van Sant Psycho. That was shot yeah. by shot. Every yeah, exactly. Which would be cool, though. Like if they reshot it still in England and everything. And, you know, like it's like they just have to like reinvent it and, you know, make it seem like it's, you know, current. But again, well, they did that try to bridge it. They tried to bridge the two Get Carters by having one set, the yeah. one set Seattle, which. Okay, if you're gonna give me rainy Newcastle and rainy right. London, Seattle, you're like, yeah. okay, we're gonna make it big, kind of big city by putting it in Seattle, and it'll always mm-hmm. rain. But yeah. then they kind of went overboard with the 
the weather is always bad here. You're like, right. oh my god. Whereas the original Get Carter was just like, listen, that's the weather in this place. This is it. Yep. This is what we're not waiting for a sunny day because we don't get them. Mm-hmm. And, you but know, yeah, more, more to Jay's point, I agree. Like, fuck the remakes in general. Just you know, re-release the originals. Why not do that more often? The, movies from the seventies are amazing. That is still. Uh, you know a, a golden era in filmmaking i mean godfather apocalypse now this like just yeah it's interesting because people in, need to be re- reintroduced to that the current yeah, generation right well in the theater with plays it's repeatability out the ass we've been doing shakespeare for you know hundreds of years but yeah. mm-hmm. it's different interpretations and everything but, but that's because you have to be there live to see it with a film right. it's recorded do you need to keep reinterpreting it? Right. But at the same time, it is kind of cool, depending if it's, it's kind of fun role or yeah. whatever. But they just yeah, so many are money grabs, obvious yeah. cash grabs. The rights are going to expire. So let's make another one. They do that shit all the time. Right. Yeah. The Hellraiser franchise. Yeah, Superman oh, returns. Like returns yeah. that came out of that from the we got to re-up the rights. Shit. Get to crank something out pronto. Ultimately, uh, if like the theme of it's good, I mean, like you know, it's I just yeah. like revenge movies. I love revenge. Yeah, movies. love us too. A lot of our scripts are revenge stories. I actually thought of a new one last night. I'll tell you about when we get off the air, Chris. Okay. Uh, that nice. I thought of while watching this. Oh, interesting. Um, pretty interesting scene. It's no like, one will want to make it because it's a western. 70s, but, I mean, mm. Death Wish is a great seventies revenge. Oh, yeah. movie. Fuck yeah, classic. And, and again, it's it's I'm fascinated by occupations of people. Like he was an architect, okay, an architect mm-hmm. that was wrong, and his architectural knowledge doesn't really come in there other than right. assembling a gun right. when he mm-hmm. gets in the mail. Uh, <laughs> so, like with Ken Carter, he's an enforcer for the mob in London. Right. That's his job, and you mm-hmm. can tell he does it well, and you can tell he takes advantage of all the luxuries that are surrounding it. But he's also pretty much always on the job. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's interesting you brought up if the themes are the same. What what do you think the themes are of this film? Not to quiz you and shit, but uh, it is interesting when you look at a film like Get Carter, what is it trying to say about the world, about the human condition? You got any ideas? Um, No, I mean, like, other than the obvious, the revenge and the, like, familial thing, the other thing I kind of love about it is clearly, like, Michael Caine's Carter does not like his hometown. He tells everybody who will listen, Listen, I don't like it here. It's a piece of shit place. It's just like he's just ready. Damn, can you do the rest of the interview with Michael Caine? That was fucking money. I wouldn't even attempt that shit. I would sound like Alan Cummings or some shit if I did that. We'll have to put a picture of of, of Michael Caine up when he says that. Yes. Also, I love when even even Michael Caine himself says his name is pronounced my cocaine. Yeah. Oh, no like, shit. I never noticed Michael that. That's Kine. great. Like, name? Because, uh, so because, yeah, it sounds like Michael Caine. Like, and it's Damn. you got a Stallone. Frank Stallone suffices if that's all you got. Frank Stallone should have done the second get Carter. And no it shit. Been, that would be interesting. Just just skyrocketed down people to go, I'm not gonna go see this. Dude, I'll make a revenge movie with Frank Stallone. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I love stunt casting. <clears throat> so I, I, I do like anybody that has the opposite of hometown pride. A guy that's like, yes. listen, I yes. don't like my hometown. So when I do go back to my hometown, I'm going to be miserable. He's and all, all of it, and jaded. It's, it's great. Man. It's like a character comes with baggage, even if you never explain what the baggage is. You know, and they don't just, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have to either. Yeah. It's Newcastle just, versus fucking swinging London. You know. Yeah. 
right in, in, yeah in 1971 where you're yeah. like that's everything still very i'm gonna go to london and fuck brit eklund from yeah right. i mean oh my god and that's dude, yeah. she's an all-timer fucking wicker man yes doesn't age doesn't age so i mean like that that part alone i like the fact he's going on this long train ride back to his hometown he's popping blackies He's yes. getting all wired. He's getting wired for this thing, which I also like. Drug use. Yes, and it's so subtle. It doesn't make a big deal out right. of it. It's yes. just like a long static shot, and he does the pops a pill mm-hmm. during it. It's not like Aronofsky's. Right. Like, He's taking a pill, people. You yeah. Know? Or it's yep. or yeah, or it's not like the big. You know, it's a mirror in the bathroom, and you see his you know head snap exactly. up and doing exactly. something. Exactly. The other, uh, so the other part, real life, I like is that because in 96, I lived in London. I studied for a semester of college in London. Oh, shit. And cool. all I did was amphetamines. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Amphetamines I, and Michael Caine impressions, man. I mean, I mean, a lot. Like, they were all over the place. And oh, man. so, to me, those two things were always like, I'm like, yeah, I've done speed on a train. I'm like, totally. Jeez. Did you beat the shit out of any dude and throw him off from fucking some stairway or something? No, I had pneumonia. Kill a hooker. A couple times. But I just, by like doing, so doing, you know, like you got to put yourself, you know, in college. But you're, when you're doing speed in a city that you're only going to be in for six months, you want to see as much as you can. Right. And never sleep. I saw two years worth of London in six months. Yeah. That's a good strategy. Do speed when you're on a vacation. I, you yeah. can get more in. Yeah. And how, this is the, the, how I got the speed was, was kind of fun because I'm going to college and I took a photography class. So there's a guy from Wales in my class. And w- this was old school photography where you go in the dark room and you do your own film. And so we're in the dark room. And at some point he's talking to go, I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just so, you know, tired. And he's, oh, you think knackered? I'm like, yeah, tired, yeah. And he goes, oh, he goes, I got I got these. And he had a film canister full of speed. <laughs> I'm like, yes. oh, nice. That's right. a, so that was our I, thing. It was like in the dark room, he just like, I'd slip the 20. And he just let me a film, and you know, just have a film canister. So one of my film uh, canisters in my bag always just. Those are pretty rattled. perfect. Yeah, they're like little pill bottles. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Full of yeah. film. So, and they're black, so you can't see what's in there. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting his fucking Harry Osborne in. You just think it's film. London. That's great. Yes. Yes. And then, like, to, to some degree, I just, I, when I got back to, to Whitewater, Wisconsin, I kind of just stopped. And which, which probably is, wise. It's wise. And it wasn't easy, but like I did, because I'm just like, well, I think the reason I enjoyed it so much is because I saw so much cool shit. Whereas here, I just be like, well, I've been right. You just be in malaise and shit, right? Is this why you love the guy who hates his hometown so much? Because you identify with it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, fuck white water. But I do, but I do love, like, in your car, the the shots they do are incredible. Like, all the stair shots. Yes. They shoot him when he's at this club and it's through this metal grating and it's just a nice shot of him. And he's sort of moving around, but the shot stays static. And it's just little things. There's not, Mm-hmm. huge there's some huge sprawling shots which are always good but like this the tight ones it's very so documentary well. style too mike hodges came from the documentary world and the dp i forget his name too look it up if you give a shit people but uh both of them were from the documentary world and that yeah. is part of it there's a docu feel to it especially early on there's a lot it's almost i want to ask paul, paul greengrass if he was mm at all inspired by mike hodges films because just that shaky cam shit you know in his earlier movies green grasses it feels yeah. very 
the shots are always shaking. They're always when they're when they're in groups. There's always it looks like somebody's just the extra party it's in the weird. room. It's almost like now that I think about the film, it feels like it, the camera settles a lot as it goes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was just a matter of production and it worked out that way. What they shot certain ways, yeah, ended up being edited yeah. together early, but. I mean, a good director is thinking of how the movie is going to feel throughout, and maybe it is. It's interesting. It's like more as, purposeful or so. As he starts to make more sense of the story and mm-hmm. things start to lock into place, the movie mm-hmm. itself settles, and then by the end, it's just these static shots on the beach and shit, long shots, yeah. uh, even where the characters are far away from the camera. I love that shit. Yeah, did a few of those in this movie where it's like I, I could be three hundred feet away from my leads and just let them act and shit. Yeah. yeah, when they find when they find the dead body in the river, they're like they're easily two hundred yards from that house, and then it's just one shot showing these yeah. cops mm-hmm. way out. In the, yes, with it, the string of clothes. It is. Yes. You're right. They're just like dots. It, could, it doesn't even have to be a. a but it's great. And, and I feel so, like nowadays uh, they go get all their coverage and the close-ups and reverse mm-hmm. shots of each of their reactions to, you know, it's like... The other weirdest part I love in, like, the first 10 minutes is when he does get to, to the first bar and there's a phone call for him. And they go, is there a Mr. Carter in the room? And when the bartender says that, there's a guy who's holding a pint and he's got six fingers on one hand. Ooh, I didn't notice and that. It's, it's, it's small, it's wow. weird, it's meaningless. Yeah. That's they, cool. They put him there. They put a guy yeah. with two yeah. fingers on one hand yeah. in the foreground of a shot that didn't need to happen. But mm-hmm. he, and he wasn't. That's he the 70s, that touch man, of early touch 70s, of weirdness. 60s, yeah, a little tweak in a dial. Mm-hmm. But it's also like a, like a poke in the eye to a hometown going. Yeah, the incestual like, kind of like right. Yeah. They're like, listen, these people are cretins and mutants. Uh, mutants. <laughs> like literally, you would just more lies. Got a real thick finger. It's not a. It's 1971. We're not dealing with good prosthetics. That's just a dude they found yes. at an extra digit. And like, this guy, oh, we got to put him in. <laughs> yeah, like that's something just... that's great about it too. Is the faces, man. I mean, Michael Caine's not some fucking pinup dude. Yes. And nowadays, everyone in it would be hot, and it would suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would be one of the Chris's or uh, <laughs> yeah, any like. But yeah, when you think like he's <laughs> everybody in there is either very good looking, your Britt Eklund's. Or just kind of plain. Well, yeah, and the very good-looking ones are trophies of these ugly yeah. men and shit. You know, it's mm-hmm. and they're represented yeah. that way too. You're like, right. listen, she she's the boss's girl, and yeah. you know, Carter shouldn't have been messing with her. But it's like, what you gonna do? It's it's yeah, the, the, the kind of the development of it is just funny that it's a series of like, oh, I know that love, and it's just like, and then he's like, gonna talk to him, gonna talk to him. He wanders about the city pretty freely, which is what would be the hard part about re-remaking it. If you're going to jump another 20 years, mm-hmm. make a Dick mm-hmm. Carter 2022, like <laughs> people would find him right away. They're like, well, he's is got a right? phone on him. Yeah. Well, we're going to find yeah. him. And then we're just going to beat the shit out of him. Technology him. as a screenwriter, yeah. technology is fucked yeah, up. Dude. Cell phones, cameras, DNA, yeah. all that. They shit ruin totally hard concepts, everything. Like, and I want to, set everything in a period but then it's like budget issues and it's harder to get made and shit it's like ugh. And that's yeah technology and that's again that's the other slam on the on the remake of, of get carter is that yeah. you didn't even worry about the technology they were just showing you that the the lifestyle of a dot-com millionaire is crazy and elaborate and they have parties till 3 a.m and it's all you're right they're Moby playing music. fucking and it's you know <laughs> like, Moby. perfect I, I, I don't know i picked that but that's what that, that whole soundtrack was we actually oh, want to get into you? music with you. I don't know when our buzzer is going to go. I don't think we've been going that long. I'm kind of blazed, so who knows? But uh, yeah, 
probably like half an hour, a little more. In. I wanted to talk to you about not only music in movies, but music in general, because I'm so fucking out of touch. I want to know what's good and current to listen to from a guy who might actually know that. Do you got any suggestions for a couple of dudes who find themselves falling into that thing where you only listen to shit from your generation? Uh, yeah, no, no. I, it's, it's, it's a struggle to like keep up and, the one, the one theme that's going on right now is that Travis Barker from Blake 182 is, is basically taking any young musician he can find, putting his drum beat behind him mm. and making hits. Like there's this uh, one guy I would recommend and, and check him out because his name's Kenny Hoopla and he actually lives in Oshkosh. He's nice. from Ohio. He lives in Oshkosh for years. Uh, Mid twenties, probably like Kurt Cobain's a big influence on him. And it's nice. it's a lot of that. Um, I don't I don't know. Kenny Hoopa, yeah, I'm gonna check that out for sure. He's just a, like has his own problems and gets gets them out through music. Doesn't like doesn't separate the two seemingly. Talks about it, sings about it. You can tell it's genuine. You know, it's like it. it's not my art separate from my life, which which I always have trouble. Uh, like get an example, I was just talking to a friend about it with, with Ian Mackay that he would never do Ian Mackay from Minor Threat and Fugazi would never do interviews with any magazine that had cigarettes or alcohol advertisements in it. That was his policy. And he okay. stuck to it. Very few people stick to that. At some point they go, Listen, I gotta give in. And that dude yeah. stuck to his guns, which is not easy to do. Right. And and yeah, for like the 90s was like i was in, in, in the 90s i was in my 20s so that is the that block no matter what it is from from your metallica to again going back to london mm, like drum and drum and bass music was huge in london at the time mm. and drum and bass music to me is it can work really well especially in films but just as a really good I, I i always need bed music for the show i'm always looking for bed music just you know instrumental stuff mm -hmm. that doesn't doesn't grab you so tight that you you're not paying attention to what i'm saying but mm -hmm. something that's interesting enough to make, make people go what the hell is that yeah it's not and, music it's something yeah. you're actually like what is yeah. that yeah and most like if you listen to talk like talk it's funny when talk radio like conservative talk radio will do like green day is bumping music and they go here's the problem with liberals you go whoa you just use green day <laughs> right <bumping> music it's <laughs> like reagan using born in the yeah. usa and shit whose beliefs are completely opposite of what mm -hmm. you're about to go into you're like that's fine it's funny to me but like you're not paying attention and that's yeah, good right it's, it's like no, chris it's said with reagan or you get those ball players who are all uh, you know, they use Springsteen's Born in the USA as their walk-up music when they go to bat and shit, yet they do not know. agree at all with his anti-war yeah. stance. Actually, listen to the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, no, that's why, yeah, musically, let's see, God, I'm here. I'm, I literally have a stack of vinyl in front of me. Uh, new Foo Fighters. Nice. Band Teenage Fan Saw Club. They're still around somehow from the 90s. Uh, <laughs> The one you might appreciate. I found this at Spy Who Loved Me. Nice. With every version of uh, three different versions of Nobody Does It Better. No, owned by Amazon. And then mostly it's just like George Carlin. Yes. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. Dude, vinyl's so cool, but I'm so scared to even go there. 
I'm a collector by nature. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Fucking movies, baseball yeah. cards, yeah. Um, venereal diseases, you know. <laughs> that was a joke, folks. <laughs> Clean as a whistle. No, there's there's, there's very little. I, I'll, I'll literally listen to anything. The cool part about the radio station is that there are literally a stack of CDs that labels and bands will still send us. <clears throat> and I'll arbitrarily grab one. And we just got a new car the other week, which doesn't have a CD player. And that's just like taking guts oh. out. So I'm trying to fabricate a way to get a, a CD player hooked up in the car so I can still listen to full TV. So you got an aux cable? Get some old Magnavox yeah. carry around? That's, that's what I got to figure out how to do. Yeah. So, no, I, I will like where I, I, the only one thing I'm very adamant about is I don't have a Spotify account and I never will. Uh, I just don't like how they pay or don't pay artists, even though mm. they change. They've changed their tune a little bit, but they're still. Yeah, it's so bad. It's like point zero 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 seven cents per stream or something. Would you like yeah. me to try and make sure this podcast doesn't go on Spotify? For no, you? no, no, no. Yeah, that might be able to figure that out. Well, no, that's a. It's a personal. We're at thing the stage we're just trying to grow audience, so it's yeah, not no, 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 about no, the money quite yet. I'm not that. Uh, you know, but like that's it, and it's nothing I would never bring up uh, mm-hmm. unless it comes up. Like, I don't know. I would never just go, you know, post, stay on Spotify, just listen to local radio. Like, you got to get music wherever you can. Mm-hmm. And I admit it. It's like, I just don't like when artists really, really suffer. And I don't mean like, guys, you know, bands have been around for years. I mean, some of your bands that have been around like for five and 10 years and they've actually grinded it out, put in the miles, mm-hmm. worked hard, put their own name behind it, had their friends do the artwork for their albums. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of people. Oh, it should be, man. And, and going out and buying the album, you know, that was yeah. that was beautiful. You know, now it's like you can people just like, you know, throw Real the finals coming, whatever back. the hit is. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, main, yeah, you guys probably exactly watch the end credits but... to movies all the time. And most people walk out when the credits roll and you, you like, you know, probably watch the credits because you know some of the people in the credits. Yeah. And that's to me is like the liner notes for albums are fascinating. Mm-hmm. Who a band yeah. thinks or doesn't think mm-hmm. is really funny to me. That tells me everything I want to know about this band. Yeah. And it's a work of art in and of itself. Yeah. Just the, 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 you know, Dude, the packaging better. You think of like an almost famous where she lights that candle and makes them listen to the fucking record, you know? Yeah. Like that's how it should be like a ritual. It used to be really yeah. ritualistic. You look at the artwork from the record and all, you know, but it's, everything's so that to me, and that's, dismantled now. It's all about singles and shit. Because, I mean, first off, let alone just the album itself and the artwork and everything. Remember concept albums? Like fucking, yeah. what, like Operation Mind Crime by yeah. Queensryche and shit, where it's like yeah. a fucking yeah. the concept wall. album. Yeah, The Wall, obviously, yeah. the big example. But uh, does anyone do that anymore? I mean, you see some in hip-hop has even done a couple, I guess. Uh, but uh, Yeah, uh-huh. not often, because I think they know, like you said. Yeah. The single, yeah. You don't get a single out of that, and you can't mm-hmm. get... And it's it could be a good way, though, maybe to drive both. people from the single I mean, to an album, you know? Yeah. yeah, and The Wall had plenty of th- songs that stand on their own, for sure, of course, mm-hmm. you know? So you can do both, for sure. Yeah. What do you, but, what uh, do you guys it's think about... consumed that way. What about prog rock? Are you guys, are you guys fans? To... What do you call prog? See, I'm so bad with the labels and shit. What is exactly I, like? Who well, are bands that are prog rock? With- I don't know ones now, but like I wrote, I wrote, I read a book last summer that was all about the '70s prog rock thing, and I would that be like Can and stuff like that? Like, um, we're like, like, I mean, um, um, oh god, what did I end up buying? Um, 
yeah it was like it's kind of the, your longer form things but it's funny mm, yeah. like mm-hmm. more like jam rush, bands and stuff the members of rush even admitted because i'm like a big punk fan and like old punk new punk i always will it's a genre that is like to me reliable it's mm-hmm. you know even if it's bad it's still good to me yeah how was the punk the scene as a kid in whitewater what was the whitewater I, punk scene you it was fun but like the guys from rush said we weren't that great of musicians. It's just punk was so raw and bare bones that we looked really, really elaborate. We looked like really highbrow. They go because yeah. like, like the benchmark and people buying records were like, oh, Sex Pistols, The Germs. Yeah. You go, ooh, Rush. These guys have like a really extensive drum kit. Yeah. fancy and they go we weren't really and which is hard to admit when you're rush like you've been around mm-hmm. for 50 years and you're like we, we weren't that good let me ask you right. is neil pert the shit everyone tells me neil pert's like the best drummer ever i'm like is he i don't know. I, I i question that he had it's, the most it feels involved. like one of those things people just repeat it's become a meme yeah. or something i don't know not to down the guy but yeah. there's so, like- so many amazing drummers like you know how like maybe technically know? you know pre- precision wise and technically yeah. and stuff jk but, simmons know, there's would have more, more to it than that yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that was a seven minute movie he had like an elaborate i always like in freaks and geeks how they like imitated the neil Burt drum kit right it was like, it was like an 80 piece drum kit or something yeah. that they had in it he had a lot of drums, but just because you have a lot of something doesn't mean you're right. Yeah. That. Is John Popper exactly. the best harmonica player because he wears a bandolier with 12 oh. of them? I don't know. Robert <laughs> Sumlin, probably. Or um, there's a guy in Madison, Westside Andy, who's been playing harmonica for like oh, 50 yeah. years. He's incredible. Oh, man, I love that kind of shit. Genuinely cool. Like blues and punk are the things that I've listened to consistently for my entire life. Those yeah. two to me are like intertwined, which for movies too works really well i think there's but it's funny like with punk there's some really bad punk movies that have really good soundtracks mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. way too many of them to name here but mm-hmm. and going back to get carter uh roy budd it did the score music for that and that is a soundtrack that is the get carter soundtrack is the most underrated mm-hmm. unappreciated thing when you just hear fits so perfectly yeah Dude, it's great it's very it's very piercing and uh it hits really hard at a time when when it should and like all of his usually with the with, with the violent acts that happen in get carter mm-hmm. i also like the fact that he shoots a guy stabs a guy um <laughs> throws a guy off the building it's Syringe. so yeah it's the opposite of john wick where it's like you're just numbed by the shooting after a while. That mm-hmm. when you get tired, you go. Yeah, it's more creative oh, dude, with the kills. It's more like Jason Voorhees. Yeah, like exactly. Kills, yeah. like signature kills and shit, man. <laughs> that yeah, is like, great, man. And Michael Payne mixed it up. Like I said, revenge films are just so satisfying. Just to see a yes. dude with, I mean, a lot of movies suffer just from somebody not even having, I mean, I wouldn't say suffer, where you say goals. I'm not a guy who needs goals. Yeah. Movies like shit like Greenberg and, uh, you know, my yeah, dinner with Andre are fucking epic right. to me i love it that's some of my yeah. favorite shit but to see somebody on a pursuit that <laughs> they don't care if they live or die almost they're just going to see it through to the end you know well one of jay and, and that is my scripts is uh a, it's set in ancient greece and it's about a guy <clears throat> he's a winemaker so it's similar to what you were talking about about a, you know it, with death wish an architect who ends up on the war path because of what happens in his life. It's this Vintner winemaker character whose daughter is killed by a soldier. But before he can get his revenge, the soldiers killed in battle. 
So the guy kills himself to go to Hades and get revenge in hell. <laughs> so so, so is this dude, like a Western in ancient Greece, going through hell to get revenge on this motherfucker who he thinks the guy, because he raped and killed his daughter, is going to be in Tartarus, like the fiery pits of hell, you know? So he's like, I'm going to offend the gods and kill myself and i'll go to the fiery pits of hell and i'll get this dude and get my revenge in the afterlife since i was denied in life but he finds out because the guy even though he's a rapist piece of shit was such a great warrior on the battlefield that the gods put him in elysium so now our guy has to fight his way all the way from the depths of hell to the paradise of elysium to get his revenge it's fucking crazy dude like this untold myth you know the sex script but uh <laughs> we love revenge shit yeah. I, know, and I love i kind of love that idea that was a friend of mine and I had a joke. I went to um, Portland, Maine uh, for two weeks one time for work. And we were kind of joking about the idea of, of a movie idea where somebody accidentally confuses Portland, Oregon with Portland, Maine. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the entire story is just keeping on crisscrossing goddamn country trying to get revenge on somebody because you got your Portlands mixed up. <laughs> which, which, I love it. Which is funny like that. because you got your like, title, Portland. Boom. Yeah, Portland. Mm. but i like that like that idea is much deeper where you're like you're first of all you're willing to die two oh, yeah. you have to have a very specific belief after you die because if you don't believe in the afterlife you're right. like mm-hmm. i gotta stay alive to keep this thing going but if you go nope yeah this is ancient greece with the you know he yeah, had all so, that yeah. infrastructure there, there weren't a lot of fringe people in ancient greece you're like you pretty <laughs> much bought into what you were being sold <laughs> and at that point the dude's like I mean, he's alone. His daughter was raped and murdered. He's this one-armed. Yeah, he had nothing left anyway. Yeah, Yeah. so he was kind of okay with the possibility. Even if I kill myself and there's nothing, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. But revenge is the best. Um, We had a TV show called The Revenger that we had options to the Weinstein's. That's the thing way we know McTeague. He was going to direct the pilot. But uh, I mean, we revenge is our shit. Again, I thought of another (laughs) fucking firecracker. I'll tell you about it, Chris. It's pretty good. Well, like like what do you think about the john wick movies are you like we're three into it now i've only seen the first one yeah Um, kind of a little bit i saw it on a plane yeah what's up i know the guy who wrote it a little bit he's actually from wisconsin Derek Derek colstead okay he it was not like that at first no no it was pretty low-key it was about this guy who used to be a hitman, and he he modeled the character John Wick after his grandfather. That's his grandfather's name was John Wick. And from what I remember of reading drafts of it before he sold it, because I was like in a writer's group with him and shit, um, it was very much just like Breaking Bad feeling almost. Okay. You know, just kind of this guy going through to get revenge for somebody who killed his dog, but he's ex-hitman, you know. There's movies like Ray Vonch and shit, you know. Um, that are just lower key revenge movies. I remember it being more like that, but then it went out and some of the people who responded to it were those stuntman guys turned directors, uh, whoever made it, Chad Stalinsky or whatever, and the other guy. They just thought, what if we took this property? We've been wanting to do some shit of this dude who just goes around killing 100 people. What if we use this? His dog got killed. That's the revenge thing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of when you hear about like Die Hard movies like uh that simon says movie became die hard three or something they didn't plug it into a franchise but they made it franchisable by turning it into this crazy action fucking blood splatter (laughs) (laughs) body a body count movie i don't think it was a body count movie i think it maybe killed like five it was more like 
get Carter level understated. revenge. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, get Carter only has, I think, about a half a dozen for a body count. Yeah. I mean, it's, it makes it each is, one more meaningful, though, yeah. It's great they take a while, though. It's a, quite a while in yes. the movie. But once he yeah. starts killing motherfuckers, it's on. Yeah. You know? like, yeah, I could be off of the number. <clears throat> but, like, I mean, with that, that final scene, like, those shots, one, are so long. And yes. mm-hmm. he has four to five different options. Like, this is opportunities to shoot the guy dead. Yeah. Also, the hunting rifle. Let's appreciate the fact that, yes, get Carter. Like, he, Carter does have a handgun, which he uses on that boat, which is like apparently no police heard gunshots. I know. Like, right. dude, they were, <laughs> like, you know how loud it's almost like my neighborhood. Happened. It's like all these yeah. gunshots, you know, that shit about it. North side. But it's like if you go down by the river, by the Milwaukee River, and you shot. I don't care if it's a 22 handgun underneath a bridge, it's definitely loud. And that was just like a straight up, sh- you know, right. they got away. And it he wasn't some empty Dr. Octopus layer wharf or some shit. No. It was like people had just gotten off this boat, this yep. ferry or whatever. <laughs> They're just fucking gunning at each other. The and locations again, in this were yeah. awesome, man. All, how industrial it was and, the, you know, the dockyards and all that, that stuff. That shit at the crazy train tracks and yes, shit. That was the, nuts. Even the it. ocean. Like, the ocean is just mm-hmm. healthy. It looks yep. like yes. Lake Michigan in March. Like, like, what was the purpose of that it. fucking machine? <laughs> like, it was just to dump shit in the ocean, apparently. Like, that's what I wanted to do. That's new, Newcastle <laughs> yeah. for you, man. That's you, totally. That's why I hated this like, town. You're like, you're going in one of those buckets. You're going in the ocean. If you stick around for overtime after the buzzer, which by the way, we do have an overtime segment. Yeah, um, once the buzzer goes off, feel free to take off or stick around. We've had people stay three minutes to three hours, you know. No, I'll hang. But uh yeah. if you if you hang, do the whole thing as Michael Caine for me. <laughs> <laughs> I do you don't know, know hey, do you know Caliendo at all? That's a Milwaukee guy. I I, I boy, uh I shouldn't say this. Oh, I'll say it. I've never had him on the show because I don't like people to do imitations. <laughs> well, Interesting. Not it, it, grows, it, it grows really old really fast. For yeah. Me. I'd rather. It's relatively have... low hanging fruit as far as yeah. comedy goes, for like, sure. Hey, but... No offense. And they, they can make money. But to me, it's always a Vegas act. Yeah. Well, I think with Vegas. him is the diversity of the impressions that he does They're a good. lot of them really well. Good. Yeah. It's and just... it's what you do with it, like the De Niro yeah. Frankenstein thing. That was him, right? Yeah, like to come the mashups. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, Hader, it's not like that element. Like Bill Hader's imitations. His imitations are He's good. good. Yeah, really he good. is great. Is Did you ever see the deep fake? I think he did Tom yeah. Cruise or something, and they they actually put Tom Cruise's face on him. Oh, really? <laughs> as he did it, yeah, yeah, it's so convincing. Look up that. What is it? Control face delete or some shit, something like that. Right. There's some guy who does these deep fakes. Yeah, and he does. Uh, Trail Bill Hader is one he's done quite a few of because he goes on Conan or whatever and he does impressions. Yeah. But as he's doing it, his face will morph into Arnold's mm-hmm. and he's doing it and the impression's killer. It's like Arnold's there. It's but that's the thing I like. It's like he did like Jim Carrey as Nicholson in The Shining or something. Oh, <laughs> or nice. Shit like that. Yeah. If yeah. impressions are one of the things you do, I like that. But if it's only thing you do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. to me, it's like you're going to go through your Charles Barkley's, your Pacino's, and then, you're, then I'm just like, I just think ahead as a guest, it, like if, if yeah, interviewing yeah. a guest, I'm like, how I don't want to like be disingenuous to them. I don't want to waste their time or my time, and I don't ever want to like insult somebody after I invite them onto a show. Right. One so, of the reasons I asked is because I got his mail once right. <laughs> delivered to my house because it was <laughs> a WGA thing, 
And I don't know, there's probably only a couple of us in the Writers Guild, you know, who are in Milwaukee, I imagine. But I still wonder how, just because we're both in the WGA, I got his shit. Like, did the male person sort his shit and mine? I don't think we would. It was like to a P.O. box that his brother was supposed to maintain, but it's Frank Caliendo care of some other Caliendo at a P.O. box, but it came to my house. I was like, well, should open it. Maybe it was a residual check. I think it was just that shit you get where you got to turn in your dues. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I shredded both Which we them. ignore anyways. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to end up FICOR like fucking John Ridley. I got to get him in here one day. Speaking of Milwaukee, are you missing like the concerts and all that shit? Because you get invited yeah. to a lot of concerts, I imagine, right? I'm dying, and they're, they're starting up again. It's like slowly, but like seemingly September is the big date. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. like normally, right. like you wouldn't consider in radio taking off June or July because it's just wall to wall, you know, summer fest, and then yes, and July is usually riot fest down in Chicago. End of July is Lollapalooza. They're they're Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction is the one who still mm-hmm. puts together Lollapalooza, and like locked down the same dates that he had planned every year for Lollapalooza. And he's nice. like, I got all the permissions from the city. I got all the streets blocked off. I got people interested. We're going to go with it, which like tip of the cap to him, man. I don't, I don't like the people that were going, you know, in last March going, we don't care. We're going to we'll play wherever, you know, people were threatening to like yeah. go to Texas to play a live show. You're like, shut the fuck up. You're like, you know, I'm not going, you know, even if I like your band, don't yeah. just be threatening about like, you know how much fucking cocaine we have to pay for. We will play yeah, exactly. anywhere. Gas <laughs> money and coke. And it's just like the, the idea of bands like threatening that they're, they're going to play wherever anybody will let us play. You're like uh-huh. no venue wants that because no venue wants to get potentially sued. And I, I kind of like read, there's like a month, a couple months ago where I just read into the possibility of the liability of venues and getting sued. Mm-hmm. And you'll find a group of lawyers that say it's never going to happen and other ones that'll go that's interesting uh if you can trace them yeah and mm-hmm. if this person didn't go anywhere except for this one concert they wanted to see you could potentially be sued and if you're yeah. owning a venue you Probably don't want to roll those kind of stuff nature. yeah even um, if you feel they have no standing just being sued period is a hassle and cost yeah right and even yeah. if you win it still sucks right yeah and it's, yeah. exactly you're like oh great one of your potential ticket buyers died and you're like but right. you won that's good like yeah nobody wants to be on the that's one of my missions is yeah. to get through life without being sued by someone other than just a bill collector because fuck them but because <laughs> they're not real i had cancer fuck you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> right run my credit history this episode has been brought to you by creditreport.com and experian <laughs> fuck man get to the three digits when you watch a movie do you as a music guy pay close attention like do you have movies with favorite soundtracks that aren't scorsese movies because he's taken every fucking good song from tv sheets Uh, to fucking you know he's done them all i would say train spotting one and two have probably the best soundtracks i've ever heard um in fact i found a band off the train spotting two soundtrack called fat white family out of the uk that's a great they are (laughs) that's a great name it's It's like our family reunion Yeah, we can relate yeah, look up fat white family they are <laughs> i have a photo album from 
open the reunion <laughs> call that i might accidentally open but... i haven't seen train spotting too yeah to yeah me out. neither dude shit oh really oh, oh yeah. yeah go see Just that first yeah. check that out this weekend well, what did you tell me oh let me ask you this because you gave me four movies i think to kind of choose from for this so <laughs> there was get carter yeah train spotting was one which mm-hmm. has made yeah. me think of this spies um, like us spies like us and what was the fourth one do you remember shit no I have to look at it, but I wanted to ask you about spies like us because we remember that we were '80s kids and broke yeah. on welfare, but we get promotional HBO once in a while, and there was like that month of heavy rotation of spies like us was always on TV as a kid. I remember for like a I summer or something. But dated to kiss. Uh, all right, so I don't like the band Kids. I'm, I'm upfront about it. Um, Preach. Cheers. People, people love Kiss because they kind of like they're unplugged, but that's it. And Go ahead. Or well, they like they like fireworks and they like makeup. Yeah, and they had a good childhood and that was pageantry. The but when you break it down, you go, "Why do you like Kiss? What's good about them?" Oh, the Peter Chris part. Like, there's you know they'll, they'll pick a song or something and they go, "Well, then how come all of them except for two were completely interchangeable with other people? If they were that great." Mm-hmm. Like, right. so, so it's sort of it, Spies Like Us to me is a little bit like Kiss, where I think during that point of time in my life, I just remembered. Anything that Chevy Chase did, I'm locked in. It was it was po- it was post Fletch by about a year or two. Um, the part of it I love the most is BB King in Spies mm. Like Us. Mm, yeah, that role could have gone to anyone, but Dan Aykroyd, being a blues connoisseur, mm-hmm. wanted BB. When you think about what BB King in that movie, there's no. It could have been a woman. It could have been a man. It could have been a 20 year old. It could have been an 80 year old. It really has no significance, but it was BB King, and you couldn't stop thinking that's fucking BB King. Also, the the Russia thing, the yes. fact that they were, it was the only movie that was like, "Hey, Russians are cool. We can get along with them," which is a novel idea and very funny at the time. Yeah, no the shit, other man. one Good. was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yes. I just looked it up. Monty Python. Oh, yeah. That's right. That we talked about the a lot. Classic. Yeah, yes. that's just a volume one. That's just one that I've seen. Just in so many different states of mind so many different mm-hmm. places and it's a real like universal movie i don't think even if somebody might i, I like absurdist humor i love absurdist humor it's, yes. it's some of my favorite things because there's no real rules to it it's not like uh, there's there, there's just you, you can't go wrong if it's absurdist humor doesn't have any rules no real comedy should have any rules but that's to me and again that's a growing up thing the first time I saw that movie was on PBS, like with my dad, and he was watching it. Nice. I just remember him. I was asking questions at one point. And he just told me to stop asking questions and watch it. And he goes, "You don't need to understand history. Just watch <laughs> it." And he was right. a teacher. And like when a teacher, who's your parent, tells you, "You don't need to know history." And like, so you oh, got D's in history the rest of your life, and you use that against him and shit. Yeah. Yeah. You said history doesn't matter, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> like Monty Python, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's just a that's just a flawless movie. And again, if you, I would love to see any documentary on the making of that and all the things oh, man. behind it. And who they hung out with, like Monty Python, was like Beatles are like we're bigger than Jesus Christ. Monty Python is kind of bigger than the Beatles because they were hanging out with them, and then yes. some. 
And that's true. Wanted to hang out with them. They're yeah, like, isn't it better to hang out with the Beatles than to be the Beatles? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were probably having more fun with all the comedy. They probably got and shit. chicks off of their overflow, right. so that was one thing yeah. handled. You know, like, drugs, money. I mean, uh, booze around shit. And you're and, and yeah, and you're just a comedy troupe rather than a band. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're making the band laugh. Yeah, cool right. like, yeah. It's funny how music musicians want to be comedians and actors, and actors want to be musicians. Athletes and, and rappers are the same <laughs> yeah. way. All yeah, the rappers right. want to be a basketball player. All the basketball players want to be rappers and shit. Let's not forget that Shaquille O'Neal is doing a DJ set at Summerfest this year. <laughs> Do you remember his album, Shaq Diesel, Diesel? or whatever? He had yes, a, Shaq yeah, Diesel. Man, he had a Sega video game. He had a movie where he's a genie and shit. Kazam! Shaq did it all for a minute. <laughs> He's still do when you think about it, like he's still making pretty he good. I mean, he's on everything. He's on those general yeah. he's, he's he doesn't care, which is also fun. I like people that just yeah, yeah. Like, Shaq would be a good guest. <laughs> he would be, he would be yeah. Shaq don't give a fuck. Him and Barkley are kind of cut from that same cloth. Barkley's a little more crazy, but going back to impersonations, I do love Jay Farrell's imitation of Shaquille O'Neal. It might be my mm. favorite thing. Mm. Jay Farrell's a bad motherfucker, dude. Yeah. Is Denzel. Is. <laughs> See, he that's a guy Call I want to talk to <laughs> for hours. Because like he he's also on SNL, which again, I have a yeah. soft spot for SNL. People are like, oh, I stopped. Anybody who's like, I stopped watching it years ago. You're like, oh, I feel sorry for you because you kind of missed out on some pretty amazing shit. Like, even I catch dad, it all on clips on YouTube. Culturally. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty culturally important, you know. Well, and, and really, they were ahead of their time in the fact that what did they do? They broke everything down into skits and sketches, mm -hmm. which are YouTube fodder. Like, that, yes. that's where we yes. are right now. We and watch them at lunch sometimes at work, you know? Like, we just yeah. throw up and the... Watch it last more than seven minutes, and you're like, yeah, they yes. have it down. Digestible. It down well, the problem is when they turn them into movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's when they fail. <laughs> yeah, most of them should say sketches and shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you should do a whole. You should do a whole. <laughs> yeah. That's an old movies. Man, that Dude, means I have to watch them, though. <laughs> if we have a panel, we'll bring you in at Hollywood Squares that shit because that could yes, be a good let's one. Let's do that. That's an old movies. I'll put Blues Brothers probably near the top of that list. Yeah, yeah, that's that, one of the. That best is a question. Ones. What is the wow. best SNL movie? Let's think about that for a second. It might Blues be Brothers. That. Is that, but was that even Which, a, was that a skit first, or was it, it just starring so. SNL members? It, it was a war, if you consider Lord Michaels producing it, then mm -hmm. I think you got it. I was wondering Wayne's exactly World? the same thing. Recently. Wayne's World Wayne's straight World. off the show. Yeah, Wayne's World. That's Wayne's World near the yeah, top. That's a good point. Um, What's the worst? Coneheads. Pat that wasn't at, Pat as Pat. bad as some others. Uh, the Pat mm -hmm. one, yeah, I was gonna Dude, say. Dude, we gotta watch Pat and Coneheads and do a <laughs> death match against Coneheads, however, the, the, good soundtrack. Check mm, out the oh, that uh, Chili Peppers song. Was oh, yeah, that shit, there was right? some great shit on there. <laughs> That's one of yeah. the best songs they ever made, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is Aerosmith was fucking good. What song is that? Do you remember? No, I like it. song. Uh, Man, Scar though. tissue, scar tissue, baby. No, oh, I think that was that Californication no. album. No, it was something deeper. It was like hmm. in the early nineties. I think it was off. Oh, yeah. uh, Dude, I got album, down. maybe. Yeah. But people yeah, who don't like, know got to know about this shit. But that whole Conehead soundtrack was. Yeah, great. it was. I listened to it a lot. Yeah, it was good nineties stuff. Like it was your. Yeah. It's not a, even like a a greatest. Soul to squeeze. The... Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Farley's, yeah. Uh, well, actually, Tommy Boy, I would, I would put near the top of that list, too. But that technically wasn't an SNL skit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, again, that was Lauren Michaels touched it, but... Who's your all-time favorite cast member of SNL? Oh, 
I'd put uh, Farley up there. Well, like if you could assemble your own cast from the Hall of the All Stars mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame, like five of them to be on a cast. That would be Eddie Murphy. I, I would never have Belushi and Farley on the same stage because it would be mm, they felt hard. wrong. Yeah. That's why it's fun to nerd out on this shit, though. Uh, Bill Hartman was just a him and Parnell to me are great straight mm. men that did it so well for so long and kind of didn't appreciate them until they left. Yeah, and the uh, way Hartman went out is you, fucked. Yeah. Do you count weekly update as cast? Like Norm MacDonald? Yeah. Norm MacDonald. Norm. He's the Norm best. My favorite in-studio guest we've ever had. That guy. You've had Norm had on? Norm. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's his favorite movie? I got to know. Oh, my God. Dirty <laughs> work. <laughs> right. He, he was willing to hang out longer than the segment went, which was so cool because dude, I had a I talent. love Norm. Norm's the best, dude. Most I Norm's mean, most comedian's favorite comedian. Like Norm, right. is, he yeah. might be my favorite comedian in the end. If I had his, to pick his one, Letterman, Bob Uecker story. <laughs>